SAFM Sports Wrap. Fascinating chat on MoneyWeb this evening. Thank you very much to the entire team. They'll be back again tomorrow at 6.30. I'm Brad Brown with you until 7 tonight. It is SAFM Sports Wrap. And coming up on tonight's show, the PSL Radio Show, second Jalo after a fan, uh, fascinating weekend of MTN8 action. We'll chat to Brian Moffakeng a little bit later on in the show. There's also Test Match Cricket at uh, Supersport Park in Centurion today. And uh, the year's final Grand Slam underway. We'll head to Flushing Meadows in just a moment. But let's start with the news of the day, and that is cricket. South Africa uh, limped to 105 for six after 34 overs in their second innings against New Zealand in Centurion this afternoon. That after they dismissed the Black Cap for 214 in their first innings. Even though they are struggling in their second, they still have a sizable uh, lead. They are currently sitting on 372 runs ahead with four second innings wickets in hand. It was a half century from Quinton de Kock, that was the only shining light in that Proteas innings. Uh, on their second innings late this afternoon. Looking at the bowling figures uh, earlier today, Dale Stain took 3 for 66, while Kahisa Robada also picked up 3 for 62, and Vernon Philander 2 for 43 as they ripped through the New Zealand attack. We'll chat to Johanna Roo to get more details about that uh, a little bit later on tonight as well. On to some tennis news. I can tell you that uh, the world's rankings have remained unchanged. The top 10 both exactly the same with Novak Djokovic and Serena Williams uh, still topping both those lists as they head into the year's final Grand Slam. Simon Cambers will join us shortly on to football. Mamelodi Sundowns coach Peter Mosimani's appeal to the Premier Soccer League to postpone uh, some of their fixtures for the next few weeks. The Brazilians will have uh, a really tough September ahead of them, both domestically and internationally. They come up against Chipper United in the MTN8 two-legged semi-finals, the first away on the 10th and the return leg a week later. They also have league fixtures to honour. On the 14th, they take on Maritzburg United. There's also five players that have been called up to represent South Africa uh, for the upcoming dead AFCON rubber and friendly against Egypt. Pafana Pafana head coach Sheikh Mashaba has indicated that he is prepared to listen to Sundown's request uh, to rest their players. Uh, but up until now, he's had nothing official. The, uh, nothing has come to us. We are open. We, we, we're operating on an open door policy. If there's anyone who wants to talk to us, can come to us, say it. But what I hear from you, if that is what has happened, I'm disappointed. Because we operate in an open door policy. Anyone who's got something to talk to us about, we are always available. On to rugby now. Despite a bleak weekend for South African rugby, the Springboks remain third on the latest IRB World Rankings. Those were released today as well. New Zealand still number one after another impressive win over Australia, while England are second following another historic win over the box this weekend. Argentina have moved up two places to seventh. Staying with news out of New Zealand's all-black fly-half Bowden Barrett's re-signed with New Zealand rugby, the Hurricanes and Taranaki. He'll be there until the end of 2019. Golf rankings released today as well. Jason Day still world number one, while Adam Scott and Patrick Reed climbed to 6th and ninth, respectively. Brandon Grace is the leading South African. He's 14th. Louis Oosthuizen in 17th. Charles Swatzel, 26th. And Yaku van Sale, 75th. MotoGP News Monster Yamaha Tech 3 rider Bradley Smith's been ruled out of the next two MotoGP races. He's picked up a knee injury. He'll be replaced by Alex Lowe's. And today's stage of the Vuelta Espana has concluded. I can tell you that Movistar's Nairo Quintana was victorious. Sky's Chris Froome at one stage 
did look dead and buried, but came back to put in a pretty impressive performance. Uh, just looking at the GC as it stands now, Nairo Quintana has taken over the overall lead. He has a 57-second advantage over Alejandro Valverde and Chris Froome sitting in third. I'm Brad Brown for SAFM Sport. SAFM Sports Wrap. Let's head to New York now for the year's final Grand Slam that's got underway today. Simon Cambers joins us now. Simon, a uh, full house of tennis to look forward to, and it's uh, a newly renovated South Ash Stadium as well. A pretty impressive roof on that thing. Yeah, that's right. There's a huge roof. Uh, USTA have spent a lot of money uh, redoing this whole site, and it really does look pretty spectacular. There's a new court, a new grandstand court, which is uh, also very impressive, and there's some good tennis already underway on day one. Tell us more. Who's on court at the moment? Well, there's already the prospect of a shock. Richard Gasquet, the number, well, he's the world number 15, he is playing uh, young Englishman Kyle Edmund. And Edmund has taken the first two sets for that match. Gasquet's just broken in the third set, so that's looking pretty interesting. Marin Cilic is uh, somebody that people think uh, could go well. He was champion here two years ago. He's taken the first set in his match against Rogerio Dutra Silva. Another couple of difficult matches. Caroline Wozniacki, she was former world number one, of course. She's dropped the first set to Taylor Townsend from America. And Petra Kvitova having a bit of a struggle. She's just won the first set, though, against uh, a fellow Czech, Yelena Ostapenko. As far as uh, who's to come, uh, a lot of the big names are in action on day one. Yeah, that's right. We've got the top half of the men's draw and the bottom half of the women's, which means Novak Djokovic will begin the defence of his title against Jerzy Janowicz of Poland. A few doubts about Djokovic with... A little wrist problem, a left wrist injury which bothered him at the Olympics. He seems okay. I watched him in practice yesterday. He looked pretty good. So that's a night match. Madison Keyes follows him. That's uh, the, the American woman who many people think could be the sort of heir apparent to Serena Williams. She's against another American, Alison Risk. And we've also got Kevin Anderson, of course, South African. He plays Yoshihito Nishioka. And uh, Anderson's just sort of making his way back after injury. So a look, hopefully a, a nice, easy one for him to start with. Yeah, let's just touch on Anderson. He, like you say, he's, he's been battling with a bit of injury. He, he's shown signs uh, the last few weeks that he, he, he's coming back to some form. He's, he's not at the best he has been in the last couple of years. But uh, what, what's he expecting this fortnight? Uh, I mean, I know a quarterfinal would be amazing, but is he going to go that far? I, I think if he did make a quarterfinal, it would be an incredible achievement because he, you know, he's, he's somebody who likes to have a lot of matches under his belt, and he got to where he, he did manage to get to by doing that. He, he was a confident player, a lot of fourth-round slams, was sort of feeding off each one of the courses here last year, of course. I, I think if he can do that, that would be brilliant, but he'll be just looking to sort of get into some, some meaty matches, play some three, four, five setters, and hopefully get through a few rounds and just build that confidence as, as he sort of builds his strength again. Another South African who's been doing pretty well, but uh, on the double front, Raven Klaassen, is he in action uh, any time soon? He's not in action today because there are no doubles uh, matches on day one. Um, they sort of ease those in uh, first first few days, but not on the first day. But yeah, he'll be looking to have another another good run. Um, just looking at some of the other matches that are pl- going to be playing later on, we've got the British woman who's, uh, who's who had a good run here last year and who's trying to get into the top eight at the end of the year, Johanna Conta. She might be one to watch. She's playing against Bethany Matek-Sands, who had a good Olympics when she won the mixed doubles gold medal. Fantastic. Simon Cambers, thank you very much for that. We'll chat again tomorrow. Uh, we'll have all those scores and results on AM Live with Janet Whitten, so make sure you tune in then. And then uh, for the next two weeks, we'll be chatting to Simon regularly on PM Live. And uh, if play does go beyond midnight uh, in New York, uh, you'll have him live on AM Live as well. So looking forward to that. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Trap, we've had some cricket.
SAFM Sports Wrap. Where they are, South Africans, good times and great food, there's Sunfoil. This live test cricket action between South Africa and New Zealand is proudly brought to you by Sunfoil. Now we're cooking. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. It was a fascinating day's cricket at Supersport Park in Centurion today. Day three of the second and deciding test between the Proteas and New Zealand. The Proteas began the day on the front foot after a pretty impressive bowling spell late yesterday afternoon. And that pretty much continued uh, early into this morning. Johan Leroux joins us now. Johan, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap. The Proteas would have been pretty happy with the way they wrapped up the New Zealand tail uh, this morning and uh, they, they built, or they, they ended up with a, a pretty sizable first innings, innings lead. It was a great bowling performance early on today. A very good bowling performance. Uh, thank you very much, Brad. Yeah, especially by the likes of uh, someone like Afisa Rabada who really bowled terrifically. And uh, I know a lot of guys are encouraging to just maybe extend that run-up a little bit because uh, he was with the 145 quite regularly. And uh, a lot of guys saying that if he can just uh, make his run-up a little bit longer, he can be hitting 150 kilometers an hour regularly. But uh, whatever he's doing is working for him. He picked up three beautiful wickets. And uh, also Dale Spain and Vernon Zolanda, great to see them back in the into the Proteus team as well and bowling very, very well indeed. Dale Spain also turned up uh, three wickets and Zolanda two as well. Dane didn't have too much to work with on this day three track at Supersport Park. Uh, he did manage to pick up the one wicket though, but it's, it was a good bowling performance considering that South Africa only have the, the four bowlers that they were using today. And uh, that was also one of the reasons why they decided not to enforce the follow-on and give their bowlers a bit of a break and uh, rather try and uh, get a, a sizable target for set a sizable target for New Zealand for tomorrow and uh, potentially day five if we get there. It looked like two totally different uh, pitches that uh, the South Africans batted on first up in their first innings to what New Zealand were were batting on. Particularly if you look at uh, just how many of our top order got uh, half centuries in that first innings. But uh, the Proteas really struggled. So the top order really struggling in in their second innings, and and that uh, first innings leads could come in pretty handy at the end of this Test match. I think that was the biggest mistake that New Zealand made in this test match is that they won the toss and they decided to bowl first. And uh, yes, uh, day one and day two and even day three, they said were going to be good batting days. But as we saw today, day three, the pitches are already starting to break up a little bit and uh, there's still a lot of bounce in it for, for the, some of the fast bowlers. So Neil Wagner and uh, Trent Bolt taking full advantage of that today and really causing a lot of trouble for the South African batsmen. And I think Dale Stain and Zelanda can't wait to get back into the bowling attack and to try and get uh, New Zealand out for as little as possible. But yeah, that first inning lead is uh, really important in this test match. And uh, I think after today, South Africa have a lead of 372 runs. I think the highest fourth inning score at Centurion, I read it a little bit earlier, I can't remember the exact amount that it was scored by England, I think in the early 2000s. I think it was 290. So even if South Africa leads their remaining uh, four wickets very cheaply tomorrow, I think it should be a comfortable victory for the Proteus. Well, you, you say remaining four wickets. They did lose lots of wickets late this afternoon. They ended up at stumps on 105 for four. Quinton de Kock, the only uh, batter in the top order, getting into into double figures. He scored another half century. And there's a, a bit of a positive there, too. That Johan, he, he scored now back-to-back half century. He's opening the batting in Test Match cricket. He's, he's no stranger to opening uh, the batting in, in, in the shorter format of the game. But uh, he's, he's proved that he can do it at, at this level, too. Yeah, definitely. He's been performing very well in that role. I think the only concern 
that the selectors might have going forward is it is very difficult to open the batting and uh, then potentially to bat for five or six hours and then soon after that to go and keep wicket as well. I think that's the only concern that the Proteus selectors would have. But he is doing a tremendous job and I think someone like Dean Elgar or even uh, Stephen Cook might be a little bit worried that they uh, placed in uh, the team at the top of the order is in danger because the cock has shown that he can play his natural game, but do it effectively even in test cricket. He came out today, I think in the first three overs, he hit something like five fours and one six as well. And he had a little bit of freedom because of that first innings lead. But uh, he's looking very comfortable at the top of the order in test cricket. The only other player to get into double figures so far for the South Africans is Temba Bavuma. He's still at the crease, 25 not out. How, how did he look? I didn't get to watch any of it this afternoon. Did he, I don't want to say did he look comfortable, because obviously when wickets are falling around you and everyone's going out cheaply, I don't think it is possible to, to be comfortable on a pitch like that. But uh, how, how's he looking with the bat? Yeah, he looked uh, well, relatively comfortable. There were a couple of uh, nasty deliveries that he faced, and fortunately for him, that missed the outside of his bat. But, uh, yeah, he looked, he looked good enough, and that's sometimes what Test Cricket is all about, isn't it? Just to try and stay out there in the middle for a long time, and he scored his 25 runs, it took him 69 balls. But if you compare that to someone like Sian Fonsell, who came in soon after him, Sian Fonsell played 32 balls, and he only scored the five runs, and he really looked very, very uncomfortable. So, compared to Fonsell, uh, Babuma looked uh, decent enough at the crease, so I think he would like to maybe go on and be given the time tomorrow to perhaps reach that half century. Uh, with him is Philando, we all know, can bat a little bit as well, and then there's talk of Rabada and Dale staying to come. So if uh, it depends what the goal is for the Proteas. Do they give themselves a target that they want to reach? Do they want to have a lead of at least 450? Or are they comfortable with the lead that they have uh, right now and they give themselves a full two days to bowl at uh, the New Zealand batting lineup? Come in and see how that does progress. Uh, just looking at the match situation as it stands right now, South Africa lead by 372 runs. New Zealand need four more wickets uh, to ensure that they bat again. They'll try and get those as early as possible tomorrow morning. And then they've got to bat out of their socks if they want to win this test match. Let's not forget as well, it is a shootout. Whoever wins this one wins the series after the first test was rained out in Durban last weekend. Johan Ruth, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. We look forward to chatting again tomorrow. Thanks, Dad. It's for the number one fans of the Proteas. Watch the Proteas as they take on New Zealand in the second Test Series match, Day 5, this Wednesday at 9.30am. Experience it live on SABC3 and listen on your favorite SABC radio station. I'm addicted, addicted to cricket. SABC Sport, for the love of the game. The women of 1956 were fearless in their fight for their rights. They sought equality regardless of gender or race, and they found it. SAFM, honoring the women of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Did you know that the Constitution of South Africa protects the rights of women against abuse and discrimination? Make use of the Constitution and claim your rights as we commemorate the 60th anniversary of Women's March. Report gender abuse and discrimination by calling 0800-007-709 or visit the Gender Commission website on www.cge.org.za. This initiative is supported by SABC Foundation. SAFM brings you live, interactive, topical news from current affairs, global warming debates, women's issues, to interviews with top literary connoisseurs. To join our conversations, visit our website on safm.co.za. 
follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio or simply like our Facebook page, SAFM Radio. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to the PSL radio show Second Jalo, and it was uh, a pretty interesting weekend of MTN8 action this past weekend. Uh, some big names to fall, and uh, joining us now here on uh, the show is SABC uh, football commentator Brian Offer King. Brian, welcome. Thanks for joining us tonight. Good evening to you too, Brett. Brian, what an interesting weekend. Let's start with that first game. Cape Town City, the, the, I don't want to call them the new boys. I know they are the new boys, but, uh, obviously have, have moved from, uh, from Pumalanga, the old black aces. They've made some big changes to their squad. They picked up a big win in their, their opening league game midweek against Polokwane City, but, uh, they had a big one on Friday night, uh, against the Soweto Giants, Kaiser Chiefs, and they were 1-0 winners. Uh, what a surprise. It was a little surprise. I've got to say, uh, football was, um the biggest winner in Cape Town on Friday night because the people that came out to watch football really enjoy, especially the fact that a local team won and made things even more interesting. They played a disciplined game and they won the game very easily. I mean, that's Eric Tinker's record against his compare is impeccable indeed. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and and uh, what a great uh, I mean, Friday night. The weather was perfect in Cape Town, and uh, yeah, our celebrations around that squad. I think I think they're going to surprise a few teams this city, uh, this uh, this season. Not a great week for for Kaiser Chiefs losing to Bidvest Wits midweek as well. Bidvest Wits uh, Wits then go on and, and beat Orlando Pirates. So two big sculpts in one week for 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 Roger or for for Gavin Hunt. He, he must be pretty tough. Two one winners for the Buccaneers. Uh, fantastic win for them. In fact, when they played the same game they played against Kaiser Chiefs, they kept the ball and went to this counter-attack. The break was absolutely brilliant for them. And set pieces were the order of the day as well, just like they did against Chiefs on Tuesday night. I don't know, I mean, I was asking myself a question, but I did the first game on, on Tuesday night for our City Radio City Radio 2000, and I saw the way they played on Tuesday night, and I was wondering why Pirates applied the same system that Chiefs applied, because they were punished the same way. And just proved that, you know, even though Kevin Hunt He's downplaying everything at the moment. This the trophy he hasn't won, and he wants to win this trophy. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a wily character too, and and he'll be very happy with the week he's had opening opening week of the season. Uh, Chipper United travelling to the Royal Buffer King. Uh, Chipper did fantastically well to get into the top eight this season. Let's let's not forget where they've come from. They they, they had a, a great season last year, getting in uh, and qualifying for the competition. But but going to Rustenburg and beating uh, Platinum Stars two nil on their on their own turf. That's a great win. It is indeed a great win. I mean, I remember the last time Chipper United traveled to the, uh, the Northwest province when he played in a cup tie, right, the FA Cup, when they lost against United FC, that was about two seasons ago. I mean, when they went there, they came at the back of a win also on, 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 over the, on Wednesday against two state stars. So they were boy by that result. Plus, they picked up with the left off club. They finished very well at the end of the season. I mean, they, they amassed the most number of points they've ever gotten in the premiership, first of all and it managed to be in the top eight for the very first time as a team. You can see, Dan Denman is understand the style of football that a team needs to play in, and as well, the strength and weaknesses he has on the team as well. And just good for Rolani Manzini to score against his former employers as well, at the Rolfskins Portfolios. And also good news from uh, Anna 23 and Bafana point of view, Masuku leading pilot and find the depth of the net. So I think watch out for the cheaper side this season. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's exciting, and and I want to chat to you about that in just a moment. But let's touch on the the other result that that match that took place yesterday. Uh, league champions Mamelodi Sundowns their first uh, sort of domestic match. Uh, they missed the first round of of PSL fixtures last week because of uh, the the African duties. But three uh, one winners, they're a class outfit, and and they showed it again yesterday against SuperSport United. I always tell people that if you're looking for the best derby in the country, you go for this one a derby. They, you know, you never find a lot of goalless draws. You always find scoring draws if there's any, but most of the time, you always find an outright winner. And, I mean, yesterday was just simplified as well by sundowns. Yes, before the game kicked off, there was a bit of a uh, squabble between the two sides. None of them wanted to take the left side of the pitch. But when the game kicked off, then it was fireworks all the way to the end. And sundowns, I mean, unless somebody comes up with a better plan, I think they'll just go and win almost everything available this season. They're still looking solid. They might have lost one player in Castro who got injured in a tie. But I saw Villagadi coming into the, into the team very well. And the young man was not used regularly to Fipai. So they're coming to the four as well for Sundowns. Come up with the Dolly's there. The squad of Sundowns in a starting 11 and a bench. You can fill any of those players. You'll still have the best 11 available to play, to, to play for you. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they've they've got such depth in uh, in 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 their, their their squad. It's it's ridiculous. But let's talk about the the semi final lineup. The draw's been done. Uh, Chip United's going to be taking on uh, Mamelodi Sundowns, which which is going to be quite interesting, particularly from a, a coach's perspective. Stan uh, Malasella, if you think of the history that he's got with the Brazilians, uh, he'll definitely want to try and get one over his former club. Yeah, I mean, I remember when Pito arrived at Sundowns, who was the first casualty because he felt that you are still playing the old uh, Sundowns way of football. And they had a few friendlies where the late to the late Dimitri was sitting there as well. And I do remember those matches they played against Denman the side. It was United FC. They won those matches that they did Denman the side. And last season was little to the side. At Sundowns, Pito achieved that three goals to men. But it was just two awful mistakes by the goalkeeper. And given the fact that he's kept majority of the players and brought in some new players into the team as well, he wants to get one over that over Sundowns number one. Number two, he also wants to prove a point that if his style of play, it is the Sundowns way style of play, not the one that they're playing at the moment. So it will be interesting to see who will win there. Will it be a cheaper team that wants to get their revenge and lose because of that? Or will it be a Sundowns team that wants to prove to everybody else that they are by far the best team in the country? Looking at that other clash, Gavin Hunt will be, be wary of, of Cape Town City and, and uh, what Eric Tinkler has been able to do there in, in a short period of time. They've spent a lot of money in the off-season from a squad perspective and, and they've shown this week, or, or last week I should say, that they're not going to lie down and, and, and just be walked over. They, they, they have the potential to kill some giants. Last season, Kevin Hunt tried to knock out at this stage of the tournament, so he doesn't want to see a repeat of that happening already. So he'll probably go in there and want to win this game very early in the first round before they go to play the second leg in Cape Town. And I think Tinkler as well has proven to be a very stubborn coach at the same time. I mean, both these coaches talking about Eric Tinkler and talking about Kevin Hunt, they didn't want the trophies on their own, this MTNA. I mean, Eric Tinkler was sitting on a bench when Pirates was doing well, but I mean, he would want to see himself winning that. They didn't want the trophy on his own. So I think there's a lot to talk about. He understands the culture of that as well. So it would be another crash game if you look at the series in totality. 
Brian, do you think this is the season for, for the small clubs? I mean, we saw in England last year with Leicester City going on to win the league. You look at what's happened last week. And I know it's still early doors in the season, but uh, Kaiser Chiefs losing, Orlando Pirates losing, the Soweto Giants who, who should normally dominate competitions like this. So people expect that, but we're seeing a lot of the smaller clubs really standing up and being counted. Could this be the year of a, a Chipper United or a, a Cape Town City? From a soccer fan like myself, I'd love to see that happen in South Africa. But I believe that the likes of Sundowns have a lot to offer. And if you look at the way they put the squad together, don't write out your chief and I don't write out all these other teams. But I believe, you know, after, let's say after 30 points, we can start talking. The team that gives 30 points first, after 15 matches, I would definitely put my head around and say, that's the team that will take it away. But as far as cup ties are concerned, you know it to be anybody's. I mean, Chief United mm-hmm. can surprise this one and win it. But Sundowns are so hungry to win everything now because you're missing money. Do remember, there was one season where you had just some, had such a brilliant squad, but they won nothing. So now he wants to prove that he had a plan in his buying all those players. And now they're coming to the floor to showcase what he was doing, and he wants to deliver that now. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, it does look very heavily stacked in Sundowns' favour uh, following those two big uh, losses by the Soweto Clubs this past weekend. Brian Muffer-King, thank you so much for your time once again. Much appreciated. We look forward to, to catching up again soon. As always, thank you very much, sir. It's for the number one fans of the Pro Tears. Watch the Pro Tears as they take on New Zealand in the second Test Series match, Day 4, this Tuesday at 9.30am. Experience it live on SABC3 and listen on your favorite SABC radio station. I'm addicted, addicted to cricket. SABC Sport, for the love of the game. SAFM celebrates 80 years with a homegrown playlist. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. The PSL Radio Show Second Jalo continues, and there was some drama ahead of that MTN8 clash yesterday between uh, Supersport United and Mamelodi Sundowns. And Supersport United coach Stuart Baxter's labelled that drama uh, as uh, an embarrassment to South African football. There was a fight before the match about which team would sit, uh, sit on which bench, and also the scuffle about who would warm up on which side. I think it's an embarrassment and it's a it's a, a fleck of shame on uh, on South African football that we that we can have things like that, you know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just saying that in a game where you you see the the parody of two teams trying to warm up on the same area, that means that the warm up is compromised. At that point, you could call the game off. You could call the game off. Uh, I told people that. Because they were saying that if, if we don't get this resolved, we can call it off and maybe even you'll get awarded the game. I said, no, not, on my, not on my, over my dead body, I said, because I want to play a game today. So, but I just think it's, I just think it's embarrassing. Sundown's coach, Peter Mosimani, was fuming about not sitting on the usual sides of the bench. His team is accustomed to sitting at Loftus. He was told his team will forfeit the match if they don't oblige. Yeah, well, the challenge of... of of me sitting on the left, I'm not comfortable sitting on the left. It's my homie. I want to sit on the right. When I'm in Atresville, I sit on the left. And I come here, I sit on the left. In Atresville, I sit on the left when I play the top of the night. And I sit on the small dressing It's not problem. I'm, I'm away. And I can't complain. When I play home, I want to sit on the right. Okay, it doesn't mean that you win the game. When you're sitting on the left, all right. But uh, if, I, if, you, if I come to your house and I sit on your chair, you're not there. Because you usually sit there when you watch your TV. So now I must move in my home. No, I was not happy. 
you see, in South Africa, we don't have um, proper principles and we don't follow them. We change. Can you go to FNB Stadium and, and sit on the right? FNB Stadium, do you sit on the right? No, 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 Dimitri. <laughs> Can you go to FNB Stadium and sit on the right? Have you seen any team sitting on the right at FNB Stadium? Have you seen any team sit on the left in Orlando Stadium? You know where to sit, I guess. So why me, I'm wa wavering, I'm, I'm, I'm there and there and there. Why? Why? Sometimes it's a big team, eh? I mean, really, Supersport comes and tells me where to sit. Look, I was at Supersport 10 years back, you know, I mean, really. I was not happy with that. So I want to sit on the right, and I was told if I don't sit on the left, I forfeit the match. So I said, okay, I don't want to forfeit the match. I was still on the left, and I said before the match, okay, I was a little bit arrogant. I said, I'll sit on the left, and I can sit on the stand, but we'll still need it. Supersport coach uh, was also not happy about the level of match officiating on the day as well. He thought the new Brazilian defender Ricardo dos Nascimento should have been sent off in the second half. Sometimes I think it's embarrassing when you see goalkeepers go down as if they've got cramp. You know, I just wonder, all these invalid goalkeepers we're going to have in this country when they stop playing, they're going to be walking around and they can't walk six paces without having cramp or a pulled muscle. Uh, the same way... I thought, it was, I thought it was a wrong decision of Daniel to, to not give a, a red card to the Brazilian when the, guy, the fourth official tells me he broke up a promising attack. Well, he was the last defender in Kingston's threw on goal. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. It started off full of drama and it was a fantastic game of football in the end. Mamelodi Sundown's victorious. And that's about it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget that that tennis uh, is going on throughout the night with uh, the time zone difference. Uh, it literally could go on until beyond midnight in New York. And if that is the case, we'll have live updates for you too uh, in the mornings on AM Live with Janet Whitten. So make sure you stay tuned to South Africa's news and information leader. We'll keep you up to date with exactly what is happening at Flushing Meadows. Good luck to Kevin Anderson who's in action a little bit later on today as well. Cricket returns tomorrow. Johan Leroux will give us live action throughout the day uh, on SAFM as the Proteas look to drive home that first innings advantage and pick up that uh, test uh, or the test victory and I've got a funny feeling it might be done by this time tomorrow uh, as a contest so make sure you stay tuned to South Africa's news and information leader. Coming up next it is the talk shop with uh, Naledi Maleo keep you up to date for all the the latest news and uh, happenings around the country. For then, though, it's time for your news. Thank you very much from myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Have yourself a great evening. It is 7 o'clock.